All right, everybody. Welcome again to the Barely Alive podcast. Kyle and Bubba, again, another week, another awesome show. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you're doing just fine these days. I'm doing good. How are you? Do you have a good week? I had a good week. I had let's, a really good week. How was your get, Labor Day? I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about let's your get Labor to Day? The, let's get in the meat potatoes of this conversation right now. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Well, we'll just get right into it. Yes. Um, we have another awesome special guest this week. Um, you can see her in movies such as Zom Beavers and Sushi Girl. Uh, up and coming, very talented and beautiful actress. Courtney Palm is with us on the line today. Courtney, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Oh, awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate it as well. It's so much fun to talk about myself, to be honest. <laughs> Who doesn't love? Enough. Who doesn't love talking about themselves, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, I have, there's one question I have to ask, and it's, you know, probably the most important question um, when we were going to have you on here that, that came to my mind. How was it working with Luke Skywalker and Candyman? <laughs> I had a feeling that that was the, the question, um, which is always funny because I just said, like, okay, should I finish their sentence or should I let them talk? <laughs> But um, to be honest, um, it was really, really um, like eye-awakening because it was my first, I guess, bigger film, and it's sort of what like put me on the map, um, so to speak, in Hollywood. But I wasn't used to, I guess, that caliber of acting, and Tony was just so. He was really amazing. He never broke character either, so he was very scary as Duke. <laughs> <laughs> he seems on very scary. and off. Yeah, he seems camera. like a very scary guy. Anyway, cool. He and I are good friends now. Like we we've done a few other movies together, and just like small like, cameo parts for some horror films. And you know, we test each other a lot. And it's just, but when we were shooting, he would he would start talking to me when we weren't, like, we were, like, walking back to our trailers, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to run away. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because he literally, he was Duke um, all the time, and he's just so talented and so um, emotionally invested and, and, and really deeply committed to this. And what's interesting is that, you know, he was approached by our producers and the writer, um, Dustin and Kern, obviously, like, wanted him in the movie, so they were like, how can we get him, how can we get him? And I think I remember hearing Dustin say, like, he went to the grocery store and put the script in Tony's cart and said, read this. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and Tony loved it so much that he became an executive producer on it, you know, and he's, like, so passionate about it, and that was just, it really resonated while we were shooting, and it was just an honor and a joy to, like, work with him. Well, you did a great and, job, especially for it being, you know, your first major film that you did. It was kind of an odd role. I mean, to it, it, you did great though. It was just yeah, it was it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was actually a little bit longer um, in the original draft, so you would have seen a little bit more of her. But in the when they were cutting it down, like because we had a year after I got cast, we had a year before we shot, and there was a lot of changes in casting and a lot of changes in the, like in the scripts and um, a couple of my other scenes got cut, which. Which makes it, I think, better. Um, it just helps, I think, push the story along in a way that you kind of forget about the sushi girl. And then, you know, when when she has her moment, you you are like, damn, I didn't see that coming. So I think it works a lot better. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting role for me. Like, it wasn't a big deal because I was always, like, I don't know, just doing odd <laughs> odd roles here and there in theater and in film and then um, I was always I was doing nude photography too as a model so I was very comfortable just in my own skin kind of thing so it was kind of I don't know I, I think I just I really especially girl really resonated with me I really bonded with her so it was, it was really a good good time well that's awesome yeah and I was also going to ask you because when I watched Zombievers it was apparent right away that you were very comfortable in your own skin because you were probably topless for probably the first half hour of that movie. <laughs> so, so that was, that was very funny. apparent. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny because um, I think when producers see that you've been naked before, topless before, it's like, oh, yeah, she'll do it, no problem, and they automatically, like, call you, and it's like, oh, man, again. But... <laughs> 
But you know, it's like no big deal to me. Like I'm really an advocate right now for the movement of free your nipple, uh, free the nipple for women and equality. You know, I think in the 1930s, men had to fight to free their nipple, basically. Like they had to fight to get their shirts off at the beach. And I think that, you know, I, I went to Greece and I was volunteering there for a couple months and there's so many beaches there where you could be topless. You know, it was a normal thing to do. And I think that when it becomes normal, you're not subjected to like, um, I guess, you know, classifying it as gratuitous or, you know, like something that's different or shouldn't happen or wrong. It's just our normal bodies. Like, it's no big deal. They're just tits. Yeah, yeah, just trying to make it just a normal thing. It's not anything to really make a big deal about. I mean... I mean, we were, we actually uh, on our show last week we talked with adult film legend Nina Hartley, and we just thought you know boobs make everything better. But at the same time, though, it's like you know it really shouldn't be like you said gratuitous or or odd or abnormal. So I mean, I'm I'm all yeah, for it. Too. Like I mean, a big deal of it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Sorry, Nina. Oh, you're fine. Um, actually, Nina and I work together. Um, not together, but we worked in the same movie called It's Not a Date. Really. Really. Yeah, so she played a really eccentric, fun woman who's, like, kind of um, going after this, her friend's daughter's boyfriend, who she's sort of, like, um, imprisoned and, or I guess took captive, and, like, she, he's in a body cast, he can't move. <laughs> so, like, Nina's character comes in, sort of, like, <laughs> does some crazy shit to him, and my character's this crazy goth friend of the girl who's kind of captured this guy, and... <laughs> like, oh, it's fun. It's a, it's a little indie movie. It didn't really um, go anywhere, but uh, it's called "It's Not a Date." And it we'll definitely fun. have to look that up because, yeah, we I, we had no idea that you guys had worked together, and I just That's thought that odd. was funny. I did, that, I, yeah, I didn't piece that together because uh, <laughs> Nina is actually a part of a play of something called the Woodhall Sexual Freedom Alliance, which also is kind of along the lines of in the same realm, I guess, of free the nipple to you know make sh- just have these things be cultural norms instead of anything that's bad or promiscuous or anything like that. So I thought that was very interesting that you guys have a lot of parallels there. Oh, yeah, that's definitely interesting. I'll have to look that up as well. Yeah, Nina's great. Um, I didn't get a meter, but she was definitely a character on screen. She did a great job. Yeah, our conversation with her is probably one of the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> she was she was so awesome. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. So uh, awesome. I also wanted to uh, talk about a couple of other things, you know, uh, regarding your career. Um, I remember when I, the first time I saw Zombievers, um, I thought it was absolutely holy. It, it was a great movie. I mean, I, w- I mean, in terms of being entertained, I thought it was it had great entertainment value, and and I really really enjoyed it. Um, but in terms of you know just in in your career in general, I mean. As an up-and-coming actress and trying to make it in the industry, what do you find the most challenging? Uh, what are some of the most challenging aspects of trying to develop your career and kind of take the next steps? Um, well, God, it's it's the business part of it is what's really fucked up, to be honest. And I'm so irritated probably every day. Can <laughs> I have conversations <laughs> with all my girlfriends and? and other guy friends who are also you know industry professionals, and it's, it's the same story. It's like and, and it's, I'm sure, like, everyone's heard this before. It's like, who you know, or nepotism, or whatever. But it's also, like, how much money you have. Because, honestly, like, money can really get you into this industry. Like, if you have the money to get yourself a good publicist, you're, you're getting on everyone's radar. You're getting into the rooms of, of places that you should really be in. And you're, you're becoming someone, basically, what you're paying for. You're becoming someone to, to be noticed. And... And then you're able to maybe make your own film or, you know, distribute your own films. Like, it really takes a lot of money. And I know a lot of actors out there are literally starving artists. Like, they're trying to have a job that's flexible enough to make it to auditions and then to, like, if you book a part, to, to film. And, and then there's a lot of indie filmmakers out there that can't book you straight weeks in a row so you can take off, a, like, a number of days from work or whatever. They're actually, like, shooting you a weekend here and a weekend there, and then you're like, okay, well, I want to change my hair for my next movie, but I can't because I'm still sort of shooting this other movie that's been taking a year. So it's really hard to be, like, on the developmental side of of, of coming into this. But I, I was really lucky that I got Zombievers, actually. Um, I know that they had, or my manager at the time was like, I don't want you to do this because it, 
pilot season, you're going to be missing out on auditions for TV. And so I was, um, right, actually most of us in Zombiefers were all like chosen secondary. Like we weren't the first choice. Huh. Oh, okay. And the first choice actors actually turned down the role because they wanted to do pilot season instead. And so then Rachel and I got cast. So it was actually, we were lucky because it actually took off. And, you know, it's going to be kind of a cult classic. And people are, like, tattooing the beavers to themselves. They're dressing up like <laughs> are you serious? It's Halloween already. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like, okay, you just gave me an idea exciting. now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Bubba's yeah, really into tattoos. He's probably going to get one now. <laughs> do it, Bubba. Do All it. right. I'll, I'll have to. No, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's interesting. It's a that much, that's interesting. Because there's so much politics and in, in, involved with. Sounds like running like for too. office, almost. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's just that's the way society is. I guess if you have the money, you can buy your way into doing anything, almost. It right, seems. but what's really what's fucked up though is like I have done over a hundred films, whether they're on my IMDb or whether you'll see them. I have been a lead in over a hundred films. And what gets me is that, like, especially independent films where you're literally, like, in charge of your own props, you're in charge of making sure continuity is right, and you can't really, like, you focus on all this other shit as well as your character. And then, like, TV producers or network television will tell you, they'll be like, you know, I don't think that she's going to be good enough to hold a whole TV show. And it's like, excuse me, like, if, if you knew what I went through, like, on this independent film, you would know that I'm completely capable of handling a television show on my own. Like, I can totally carry it. Yeah. But the issue is, is it's not about your talent. It's not about how technically adept you are at acting. It's about your name and the business and how many followers you have on Instagram and Twitter. And at that point, it gets, it gets really, I think, unfair to the actual talented people who are struggling. I know a few people that are really, really good, and they will never make it because they're not getting the right opportunities. And they don't have enough followers on Instagram and they don't have any good movies that have come out and they don't have a publicist and it's really unfortunate, you know. It's it's really sad kind of how this business is going but like I said, if you have the money or the means, you can make your own project come to fruition and then if you're lucky, you know, maybe someone will see that after you spend, you know, over $50,000 of your own money or raise money. <sighs> I don't want to like be a downer but damn, I'm trying to be legit. Like people are like, oh wow, so great, you're doing so great, and I'm like, no, I'm fucking struggling. I'm about to quit. Like that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. now, do you, now, do you think that that's why a lot of actors um, that that's happened to have gone back to the stage and done that work? That it's more steady, and it's just they just are tired of it, so they just go back to that. You know, a lot of people do go back to theater, and I've thought about it just so I can stay creative and be around it. But in that regard, too, there's so many rules with equity. And a lot of equity theaters don't want to pay you, so you're trying to get, you know, the seats filled in the audience so that you can bring money into the theater so that you maybe will get a stipend. It's, it's actually really complicated, too, for that, unless you're a, a well-known equity actor who can do, like, Summer Shakespeare, or you can do Broadway. It's, like, even that is, is difficult these days because there's no money in that either. Now, so, do you, do you I mean, think that's something that's... Do you think that's something that um, is in the theater also, that money aspect, that you're seeing more of these actors that have been in movies going and doing runs of, uh, you know, a stage production of something? Um, are they wanting to do it so no matter what they're going to be able to because they have the money and the popularity and everything else? Well, I know that, like, um, Hugh Jackman's gone to stage, um Julie Roberts' stage, but they're getting paid. They're doing the big Broadway productions. Like, they're they're not hurting. Right. Uh, unless you're talking, like, even Scarlett Johansson, you know, she did a, a theater run and Kate Blanchett, but, like, they're doing it because they are doing the bigger productions and they're in bigger theaters with bigger seats that are actually, like, 100 to $300 a seat, you know, so they're, they're not hurting. Like, they're just doing stage because they love it because they're, you know, they can't. <laughs> Um, but if you're talking about, like, the some of the actors who are probably, like, my caliber, they're going back to stage. They're probably just doing it because they love it and just to stay creative because there's really no work. Okay. Well, I mean, 
and it sounds like like you said you're, you're trying to be legit and you definitely you definitely sound like you know one of those you know i guess i want to say almost like there's like a division between white collar and, and blue collar actors almost and what it sounds like mm-hmm. depending on how much money you have and you know the kind of resources you can get to get into the business but i mean what inspired you to become an actor i know you studied acting and you know in school and things like that but but what really got you into it in the first place Okay, so this story is, I played with Barbies until I was like 16 years old. Me too! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good, good, I'm glad, because I don't want to be the only one. Okay, you're you're not, you're not. (laughs) Courtney, you're in very good company here. (laughs) Yay, I'm so excited. Well, anyway, I loved playing with Barbies, and I loved playing house, I guess is what I called it, um, I would, like, look in the mirror and per- play pretend and, like, dress up and walk around my house and, like, pretend I was, like, some magical witch that needs to save the world and have this cute <laughs> prince boyfriend that comes. <laughs> it's like, this is a story that I've always played. And I played with Barbie until I was 16, like, and then when I married little girls, I still played Barbies with them. And no, I think that kind of pushed me into wanting to be creative and play out scenes and really be projecting my emotions out there. So, like, I just love playing. So I think that's probably what drew me to acting. That's very very interesting. I mean, I think I'll, I mean, I never really actually had G.I. Joe, so I didn't even have, like, life-size dolls. I had, like, the really tiny, like, miniature action figures that were posable, like, from, like, Street Fighter and stuff like that, <laughs> and they all got broken or blown up or something at one point. So I think your creative expression was probably a little more productive than mine was. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but, I mean, you know, but I mean that's that's very interesting. I mean, and like I said, you know, Bubba. See, I think he still has his Barbies, actually. So yes, I, um, I think he's going to start. To. <laughs> but in terms of you know, like you said, you know, the, the actors who are struggling to make it, who are trying to get you know movies made and trying to develop their careers. Um, I know in one of your most recent movies that you made, uh, Bond Kazuna, um, you're actually trying to garner support for that movie. And I saw that that YouTube video where you were you know asking for support to uh, to get the movie made. So uh, so tell us more about that film and and about your efforts to uh, try and get that movie finished and made. Right. Thank you for bringing that up. I was actually gonna bring that up, but. So, the Kickstarter is going to start, it's going to launch next week, so then I'll be able to um, post the, the link for the Kickstarter video, but okay. basically we had a little bit of financing at the beginning, but the actress got paid, and I got involved because of the producer from Sushi Girl, Neil Fisher, um, had sent my information to them, because they had, saw, they had seen Sushi Girl, and they wanted um, me to play the lead. Um, so my character is a detective. She's a rookie detective, and she's just she's very honest and honorable, and she's really she's really out there to clean up the streets. Like she wants to make a difference, but there's all these rules and setbacks. And so one of her best friends is involved. Like she's she's dating um, uh, one of the like a member of the yakuza, and which is a really terrifying gang and anyway she gets killed and I I get really upset like why did this happen we need to we need to stop them basically and unfortunately the the police precinct or the department doesn't want to do anything about it so she gets pissed like she feels like she can't make a difference and do what she's here to do so she um kind of joins the League of Assassins to go kick some ass on her own. Nice. Oh, that's and, Yeah, so it's really cool. So she's playing this, like, she's, you know, a detective, yeah, an assassin. She's trying to, to get rid of the Yakuza and make a difference. And basically, um, you know, a lot of people have signed on. We have Sunny Chiba, again, from, from Sushi Girl. And we have a couple um, well-known, famous Japanese actors that are really well-known in Japan. And so we have some investors that are interested from Japan, but at the same time, we don't have the money, I guess, to film the, the rest of the feature. Oh, okay. Um, so we just shot, like, a, a little bit of a, um, I guess, a, a civil reel in a way so we can get funding. So, yeah, definitely, it's a really cool story, and there's a lot of cool 
stunts, a lot of great um, choreography. It's a full um, juxtaposition, uh, juxtaposition against like the, the honest detective work and the, the police department, as well as like the, the dirty side of the yakuza. And then there's two different the groups that are like the bad assassins and the good assassins, and there's all these people fighting. And like it's, it seems like it'd be really great. So yeah, that's that story. Well, that's, well, that's awesome. And, you know, with your gymnastics background, are you doing any of your own stunts in that movie? What's exciting is that this is kind of um, made to be either an episodic or, like, there'll be another feature after their first. Oh, and my cool. character grows. So the first time you're with my character, she's sort of naive and not really skilled at anything. So she just has her gun. Um, and what she's done with the department. And then in the second the second time you see her as she grows, I'll definitely have a lot more, um, I guess, abilities. So I'll be able to incorporate some gymnastic skill as well as other martial, martial arts. So. so we need to get this movie Hopefully made. Hopefully we can get that <laughs> Like, we need to get this <laughs> movie made. Right movie made. Yeah, this sounds badass. I want to see this now. Yeah. I want to make sure it gets made. We're going to have to lobby for this. So, so, when you're, so we'll tell you what, uh, Courtney, um, We'll definitely um, help you out in terms of you know promoting to our listeners when you do get the Kickstarter link up, and um, you know we'll advertise it along with advertising for the show, um, you know with our Facebook page and our Twitters, our personal Twitters, things like that. Uh, we'll we'll definitely help you spread the word on that. Great, thank you. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are really interested um, in this story. So I mean, I really appreciate it. That's really great because you know as we were saying earlier, like. Indie filmmaking, you really you really rely on your fan base to help you out and help you make the movie. I mean, otherwise, it's, it's really hard to get movies made. And, you know, we're not a studio, and we're not independently wealthy. So it's like we, we really want to, like, make something cinematic and beautiful and, you know, honest. And it's, it's great to have such a, a, a big support from our fans. So thank you. No problem. I'm, well... I am getting more and more into independent film as well because I'm sick and tired of reboots. So I'm like pining for original stuff. So that's why I like, I'm, I'm definitely going to help you out on this and I'll definitely support you in that regard as well. Awesome. So, yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think that really like all these movies that are out there, I understand a lot of the times it's because you just want to go be mindless. It's like, yeah, I want to go watch Ant-Man. I just don't want to think. I want to watch some cool action. I want to be like, brought into this awesome world. I want to pretend I'm a superhero for like a few hours and it'll be great. Oh, definitely. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the same actors in every big movie. I mean, yeah, they're great, but I'm tired of seeing it. Like, and I'm, I'm tired of seeing re- remakes all the time. I guess like Poltergeist, there's no need to remake that. If no. you want to make something similar, go for it and change the fucking title. We like, actually were talking, we talked a couple months ago about, uh, Kyle brought it up, that they're remaking Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture, Picture Show. Show. That's oh, blasphemy in my man. book. And the thing is, it was uh, the producer of what High School Musicals doing it. Yeah, yeah. And which uh, made me want to drink bleach. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> There's oh. way too much of that going on. Oh, I, and then I, I totally found agree. out that they're they're doing a remake of one of my most favorite movies of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. I'm not going to stand for that shit either. I'm really pissed off about that one too. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, and they're remaking the audition. You know, the Japanese film, the audition. They're remaking that, and I was like, you know, I get it because like some movies can kind of like take that story and kind of change it a little bit, like The Ring versus The Grudge. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's yeah. based on that one Japanese film. It's cool, but Rocky Horror Picture Show? Are you kidding me? Like, right. no, yeah. you should not <laughs> do that. Exactly. It's like remaking Grease. <laughs> I I just I went on a or tirade. Grease too because Grease too was amazing also. <laughs> of, course, of course it was. So so tell me about um, your own road that you just got done doing. Oh yeah, okay. So this is a really good story. Russell Boast is a casting director who does Wicked City and a couple of their big things, and he got involved with this little indie picture, and and I was really excited because he he brought me in and. I was like, this role is mine. Like, I felt like it was mine before I even went in. And when you have that feeling, it's so weird because I had that feeling with It's Not a Date. I had that feeling with Sushi Girl. I had that feeling with um, a couple of my other films. And it's just like, you just kind of know that you've got the part. And I don't know what that is, if I'm just putting the right vibes out to the universe or whatever. But, like, <laughs> it was really cool that I got the part because I really wanted to be a part of it. 
And I even, like, wrote to the director on Instagram who had, like, I don't know, 40 followers. (laughs) 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 I really want to be in your movie. Um, But anyway, so it has has financing, obviously, to make the movie. Um, But again, when this movie comes out, there will be another Kickstarter, though. Okay. Unless I can help them get sold to a friend of mine who does financing with MGM, which I'm going to take the movie to there. But... So the movie is um, a little independent, little low-trip, coming-of-age film. And we have Ashton Moyle, who is a um, very talented actor who's worked on Hunger Games and ABC Family Show called Twisted. He was also in um, Teen Wolf. We have um, our, our director, a new director. He, he only has a web series called Office Problems on YouTube. It's pretty cute. Okay. But I knew that he'd be a good director, so I wanted to work with him, and I really liked the script. So I signed on, and my character is this beautifully tragic young woman who has suffered loss, and she's been abandoned. So basically, in her mind, she's not worth anything, and her friend's like, let's go on this road trip. We're going to California. I have a job interview. Let's go. And my character's like, hmm, yeah, I want to go to California before I die. And I think what is in her mind is not something that's a happy ending. Gotcha. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so along the way, she sort of kind of opens up and really kind of finds herself. I think every character sort of finds themselves along the way to California, and they grow in some way. And my character grows in a beautiful way, and in the end, ends up being happy. So while we were shooting this, we came up with some, we had so many fucking problems. The picture car was really cheap. And when Ashton was driving, he ran two stoplights and a stop sign. (laughs) And we were really lucky that no one got hurt. Well, I'm glad you didn't get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm like, Ashton, that's a stoplight. It's a red light. It's a red light. (laughs) He goes right through it. And I was like, oh, fuck, because we we're doing this all illegal, too. Like, we've got down in the back in the trunk. We've got our director in the trunk. Like, they're like, it's, this is, um, what do you call it, like a hatchback car. They're like oh, okay. in the hatchback car, like, ducked down. Oh, I just got this funny and, visual of the guys, like, our... putting, like, the, the center armrest down in the trunk of the car, and they're trying to fit a camera through there. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a little hatchback. But yeah, then we have our, our cinematographer DP in there too, and it's just like it's hot. It's so hot. So we're in Kansas. We're sweating, and he's running like. And then, then when we get to, we're in Breckenridge now. We're in Colorado, and Amir, my other co-star, is driving the car, and we we he exits and he fucks up. He gets off the wrong exit. And we're like, oh, we gotta do a U-turn. <laughs> We do this U-turn in this gigantic area. There's so much space to do a U-turn, and no one's around. And as he's turning the car, he hits the median, and we wreck the car. Like, it's just... <laughs> oh, so you guys are... So now you're stranded. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the, and the director and the sound girl on the back, and... I'm like, oh, my God, is everyone okay? And, like, I, I run out and I open the trunk to get them out. And apparently we hit the radiator. So the radiator was just leaking everywhere. And we couldn't oh, no. the car. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I was like, what can we do? I said, we're losing, we're losing the whole day. I said, why don't we rewrite the scene to do it outside of the car instead of inside the car? So we had to wait for the other actor to get there and all the other people in our caravan to get there because we were driving. And we, we reshoot the scene. Our director was mindless. He was so upset. He wasn't like, really paying attention. He was just, what are we going to do? And we made it work. And then, so then we got it, we integrated the car wreck into the movie and we integrated, um, so many people were so nice along the, on the, along the way of making this movie. So thank you to everyone who hopped out. Like, the tow truck company agreed to be filmed. The uh, mechanic company, like, they agreed to be filmed. They they let us film the car coming down and getting made and us getting in. And and then it, it was just really cool. And then I had the car. I got the car, so I had to drive. 
And when I drove, I um, the power steering went out on me. <laughs> so I was like, guys, I can't turn the car. <laughs> it's not turning. So it was so many car problems, but it was hilarious. And I felt truly honored and blessed to be a part of the movie because it's so beautiful. And you got to go to Zion and... I got to see my parents for the week. Like, it was just, it was really, a really great movie, and I can't wait for this one because it's a different side of me that you'll see. Um, and I have so many beautiful scenes where there's so much raw emotion, and it's, it, I just, I really can't wait. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, I can't wait to see it either. Yeah, me too. Let's make sure this one gets made too, for sure. <laughs> Please. Oh, it, I think it will. It definitely will. It'll be finished, and it's just a matter of like getting money. I think for festivals, because festivals cost a lot of money to um, to submit to. But it should be good. It should be good, you guys. I'm telling you, we had a really great group of people working on it. Yeah, because I was checking out your Twitter account uh, earlier uh, before the show, just kind of you know getting a feel for you know what you're up to lately, and it did really seem like you you were really really into making that movie, just you know from your Twitter posts and things like that. It seemed like you were having a really good time, and you really enjoyed it, and it seemed seemed like something that you were you were really really into. So that seemed really cool about it, and I, I just think that's amazing. You guys rewrote a scene on the fly. I guess that's you know the cool thing about independent films is that you have that freedom and you have more autonomy, and you're not really at the mercy of some huge production company and studio and suits and all that stuff. Um, right, right, yeah, I know that was that was definitely a lucky thing. I think even then, maybe we would have been able to work it, or they would have just paid for another day. But I mean, what we were getting was gorgeous. And it was unfortunate that we had to get in the wreck, but we made it work. Like, we're stopped by Copper Mountain. So the mountains are in the background, the sky is starting to turn. It was just, it worked. Like, we made it work. And I'm really glad that my director, Brandon, decided, or, like, listen to me. Because I, I always I always feel like I'm such a, a diva on independent sets. I'm always, like, putting in my two cents. But I'm really <laughs> glad because every time I do, I'm li- I, I get listened to, or at least I get, you know, considered. Um, my recent film with Vincent Guastini like, was to catch a demon. I was just like, I was like, no, we need to cut this whole thing. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> Get that the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I said, no, we're not doing this. I said, this is not happening. And so. Shirt I off again? I got to take my shirt off? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the writing, no, damn it? <laughs> I'm definitely dressed in that one. But. <laughs> But yeah, it was just like, no, fucking scene sucks, let's rewrite it. And we did. So that was cool. But All right, so I will tell is, you though, yeah. it's it's people are now saying that I should direct and I was like, Maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you go. Just kind of uh, you know developing yourself and into different directions along the way. Uh, Courtney, uh, there's something I've been wanting to ask you since I knew that we were going to be interviewing you, and it has to do with Zombievers. Um, when I, I watched the outtakes, and I have to say the outtakes from that movie are some of the funniest outtakes I've ever seen out of any movie. You could look up all kinds of other comedy movies. I mean, they're, they're just the outtakes from that movie are just so hilarious. I just wanted to know, when you guys were finally able to shoot that sex scene with a straight face, how did you do that after the shit that that guy was saying, your, your co-star? Because when he said that, I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard because I knew I would have missed the last 20 minutes because I was cracking up so much. Um, honestly, like, I don't think I had a straight face. <laughs> it was so hard. Like, if you really watch that, a, a lot of the times when next to Peter, like, there's a scene on the couch where he's like, guys, we should have an orgy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that scene, I'm literally, I cover my mouth, I cover my face, because I'm about to crack up, and I couldn't help it. Like, during the sex scene, too, I was just like, I think most of the time they just framed me out, because I was, like, thinking, I was like, what the <laughs> I, I couldn't have it. Plus, I'm being pounded on. I'm just like, I can't even think. <laughs> like, this is because he is. He's, he's so he's so funny. Like, he was funny nonstop. All the guys were really. They just they really made me laugh. Like every day, it was so, such a joy to go to to work every day. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, and and if and if our listeners, you know, want to know what I'm talking about, and you haven't seen Zombievers yet, watch it, and you'll know what I'm talking about, and you will you'll laugh your ass off as well, because that was that was literally I like I really did have to pause the movie. I was like, did he really say that? <laughs> 
So yeah, that, that's yeah. very, very, very cool. Um, would you make Zombievers too? If there was a sequel on the table, would you do it? So like, like actual zombie beavers too, or like the actual like you know when you watch the end of Zombievers and you see kind of the new monster. Yeah, let's see. Let's say like, or do you think it's still beavers? I would say um, maybe a continuation of the story of Zoe. I guess is better how I should put it. Like her next, the next mutant whatever she runs into. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Would would you be uh, would you be interested in reprising that character for another similar type of movie? Right, okay, so I, I talked to the, the writers, and I was like, listen, guys, you're putting me in the sequel. And they're like, yeah, we thought about it. Like, this is how it would go. And at this point, to be honest, if it was the same kind of group of people involved and it had the same heart to it, I would mm-hmm. probably do it because I had a lot of fun making the first one. Did you have a lot of input in Zombievers, as you do in all your movies, it seems? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, yeah, a little bit. There were some things that I was able to um, give my two cents on Zombievers, but it was more like just for my own sake, my own character's sake, rather than like changing anything else or being like drastic with anything else. They were pretty set on everything, which was good too, because like it was there was no need to, to really work on anything for it. So, yeah. Did you think it would but, take uh, off the way it has? I don't ever know anything. Like, I don't ever want to go into anything with um, specific expectations because then if something doesn't happen, you don't want to be disappointed. And when right. something does, you, you can be excited. So, um, yeah, I, I just I just sort of do it and hope for the best, honestly. And I'm really glad it did what it did. And I think it's funny that people are getting tattoos. Like, I think that that's so exciting, like, that it's resonating with our fans. So that's good. I may get one. I'm telling you. We'll definitely post pictures. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get at you on Twitter if he actually does get a tattoo, uh, some Beavers theme tattoo. We'll let you know for sure. <laughs> there are some good ones out there. I, I, I found them on Instagram. Um, I've seen some, some really myself too. I've seen some. I'll have to check these out. I haven't seen any of them yet, so I'll definitely have to take a look and, and see what's out there because that sounds crazy. Um, also, had, okay, so staying in the, the topic of horror movies, I mean, you've done a lot of horror uh, suspense movies. It seems like the majority of, of what you've done, um, you know, at least, you know, over the course of your career. And I know that you, I heard that you love The Descent. That's your favorite horror movie, correct? Oh, yeah, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it in college and it gave me nightmares as, you know, at, at 22 years old. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I was very, very freaky movie. I, I really enjoyed it, too. But I wanted to ask you, I was very curious, if you could pick one classic horror movie to to star in, whether it be something along the lines of, like, a Friday the 13th or a Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that, um, which one would you uh, would you want to have the chance to star in, if you could go back in time? Okay, so um, Adrian Rowe, he, he does a, um, oh, God, I can't think. I'm having a brain fart. He does, um, like, reviews of, of horror movies back mm-hmm. in the 80s and all kinds of things. And so I, I told him that, I forget what movie I told him I wanted to do. I have to, like, look back on it. But I changed my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't think I want to do that because I'm looking at, like, everything in terms of, like, like the deaths and and the and the scares and the villains and the monsters and like the actors and what they had to go through and what I would like to do the most and honestly I just I I, I as I grow older I think I change because now I want to be like the mom in certain things rather than like the young hot girl or something <laughs> that's running running through the woods because like I love Carrie and I love. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, oh my god, I love a Nightmare on Elm Street. I really do. But I also really like, like, maybe playing the mom in Poltergeist, or, um, but something like Virginia Madsen would do, like, in Haunting in Connecticut, although that's a newer movie. I, I kind of want to be the mom now. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I feel like, you know, I would play a different character, but honestly, I, I really, I really like Freddy Krueger. Um, he's one of my favorite monsters, so I think that I would want to want to do that. Might run on the street. So are you <laughs> a, young. Are you a, are you more of a blood and guts horror or are you 
the suspense, you know, psychological, psychological type. So, you know, I've been thinking about that, too, because last night I was so bored, so I decided to <laughs> make a movie, and it's posted on YouTube, and it's not very good. I was just like, oh, man, there's so many more shots that I need. But I kind of like, I like the kind of like, um, where you where you don't see the monster chasing you, and you don't see the blood. It's all sort of like, you know, you see like something behind you, and you turn around, and it's not there. Um and it's a lot more like scary without the bloody death. That's funny. But I that also fucking loved what I did in Silent Night. Like I loved being thrown in the wood chipper. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just so weird. It's a toss-up because I think it just depends on your mood, really, of what you're into. I, I love being covered in blood, and I love. I, I really did love my death scene in Silent Night. I just can't get enough of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, very. I don't cool. know. But I that, 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 yeah, it's funny that you say that about the being the, the psychological part of it where you don't see, you know, the monster or the villain or anything like that because my friends, people who know this story from me, like to make fun of me because I say when I saw signs in the theater for the first time, I was super freaked out because you could not see the aliens. You did not know where they were. And then also mm-hmm. with... um. Uh, what's it paranormal activity for some reason I don't know how this happened I allowed myself to get totally immersed in that movie in the movie theater and I was I was totally freaked I was scared out of my mind and I don't know why and it's never happened since it never happened before that but for some reason with that movie I just let myself get totally involved in it and me and my friend Jay were there was like a group of us there it was like for my birthday or something and he was like clinging to me (laughs) I'll never let him forget it well, because that's it. That's what's in your imagination when you're home alone, and you're in your house, and you're walking up the stairs. Like it's all like something behind me, or the door's gonna close, or slowly. Like all that stuff is like in your mind, and that's what makes it more scary and more prevalent and relatable. Because that's when you're home alone, you're watching your fucking bedroom door. Like, is that thing gonna close? Like, right. is it gonna open? Like, those are the scares. Now, see, for me, you know, I'm, like, I'm the I'm the type that I I I love horror movies, but if it's borderline could really happen i can't watch it hmm. so for example like uh hostel the movie yeah. hostel i could see a place in the world that is doing that and it, it bothers me and i can't watch it well that's because you're fucked up but, the, but, the, but then there's zombie um, beavers and well you know i loved it I, I yeah loved there's it. like there's a big zombie beavers is comedy <laughs> really you don't put it human zombie beaver. What's the oh? What was the line? And I hope you can remember because oh, what was it? It was a what is that green beaver piss? Did you oh, say yeah, that? Too. Is that like green beaver urine? Yes, that's green what it was. beaver urine. <laughs> that was the highlight of the movie. Is that green beaver urine? That's awesome, because that's actually an added line, because I forget what my original line was, but I was like, Jordan, the, the urine is green. And he's like, just, yeah, add that in, just to, like, <laughs> like, ew, is that green beaver urine? I was like, okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, when props change or something changes, you know, your dialogue changes, and it's good that it actually was done for the better. Yeah, I'm going ha- mm-hmm. to hashtag that when we release the show tomorrow. Green oh, beaver yeah. urine. Yep, green beaver urine. <laughs> Look out for it. Hey, before before we wrap this up, I want to know about your your animal rights uh, charities that you you um, talk about and work with, and um, all that for a moment. Oh, thank you. Um, so basically, yeah, I'm, I mean, a lot of people know, and a lot of people can either appreciate this or appreciate it later on in life that I'm a vegan, and as a vegan, um, it's not a diet; it's a lifestyle. So. You know, my makeup's cruelty-free, no animal testing, my my shampoo and conditioner, my lotions, my um, clothes, everything, no animal ingredients, no animal testing, no leather, no animal products at all. No fish. Copy that? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I so, a lot of, Captain. Yeah. So, like, the animals, in my opinion, you know, they're living, breathing beings just like we are, and they have a right to live on this planet just like we do. And we're at the evolutionary point in our lives where we do not need them to survive. Whereas, like, a lion in the wild who has canine teeth who can attack a a prey and eat it raw, like it's supposed to, is okay, you know, 
eating animals. We are not lions. We do not have canine teeth. We cannot eat animals raw. So that's the fundamental difference between human and animals. And what I really love is um, Mercy for Animals, which is a nonprofit organization. And they are um, hot, like strong, strong advocates for ending factory farming. And what's upsetting is that, well, what's great about them, number one, is they have a lot of um, undercover people that are just like you and me that are going to these farms and getting jobs there and, and filming the cruelties and the torture and the pain that goes on there and the, the mass um, overcrowding and the disease and the abuse that the animals are, are experiencing, and they expose that. So they've exposed craft, they've exposed dominoes, they've exposed Tyson, Butterball, Foster Farms for all the cruelty and harsh conditions. So what I love about Mercy for Animals is that they're not only fighting to end factory farming, but they're also fighting to expose these big companies that the government are trying to hide because it's a moneymaker. And so I, I, I definitely look them up. Um, I also like, um, if you want to go local, there is, um, a few animal sanctuaries locally, and I go to the Gentle Barn often um, because the founder there, Ellie, she takes in animals that no one else wants that are sort of like blind or or sick or hurt or like so abused they can't go to a loving family. So she kind of takes them in and, and she heals people with developmental disabilities and a lot of other like problems, problems in um, inner city kids, like they come and they do field trips and they kind of heal each other, like the animals get healed and the kids get healed and it's beautiful. Um, awesome. That's the gentle barn in Santa Clarita. So I like to support them. But I also, right now, a lot of people don't know that the dolphin slaughter is going on in Japan. Hmm. And if you want more information on that, there's this beautiful documentary called The Cove. And basically it just shows that thousands of dolphins are being slaughtered every day. Sometimes they're lucky and they don't get any dolphins, but most of the time every day there's a red cove, which means there are so many dolphins that are being slaughtered that the water turns red. And for every, I think, one dolphin that's captured, like 20 or so are, are slaughtered. And what happens is they capture a dolphin in order to sell it to marine parks, like Miami Sea Aquarium and the Hyatt Regency Hotel, the Marriott Hotels, um, any any like sea park where you can ride with the dolphin on the dolphin, swim with the dolphins, because the dolphin gets sold for two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollars. So it's a money maker for them. Wow! Oh wow! And I had no idea that that was a that that was such a lucrative industry and that there was so much uh, slaughtering going on because of it. That's very. That, I had no idea. Right, it was a season from September to March. So from that, from this whole time, they go out every day on the boat to slaughter dolphins, and it's sick. And it's because of people like us that go to marine parks and swim with the dolphins. I did it. I did it in Mexico. I didn't know. I swam with the dolphins in Mexico, and I'm very pissed that I ever did it, but I learned my lesson. And now I know, so that's why I want to spread the word. And the best way to do that is to look up the Sea Shepherd. And, oh, the guys from um, Whale Wars. Uh, yeah, whale wars for sure. Like they are doing so much to help um, with the whales and the dolphins all around the world because there's also whales being slaughtered um, in other countries as well. And it's just unnecessary. And um, so the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society is also a nonprofit. And um, um, yeah, so they, they just go and they try to, they're cove guardians, they try to monitor the cove, they give us updates of what's going on. We have protests at the Japanese consulates around America. Just to try to tell them to, like, stop and that it's, you know, and, and we need to tell the public not to go to these marine parks. And um, so that's what we need to do. We need to not go to places like SeaWorld. We need to not go to places like the Swim with the Dolphins because we are indirectly supporting um, no, we're, we are directly supporting the, salt, the slaughter of dolphins and the capture of whales, and it's it's not okay. It's it's not okay. Right. Um, so yeah, the Sea Shepherd is what I love. Mercy for Animals is what I love, and I also love a lot of like independent, um, you know, dog rescues as well. So a lot of people don't understand the importance of adopting um, 
your your fur your fur baby. Adopting is so much better than buying from stores because stores um, they get their babies from puppy mills, and the dogs that are you know puppy mill doggies are um, just being like little baby maker machines. Like they just give out babies mm-hmm. one after another until they can't anymore, and they're living in cages without proper health care, without proper dieting. It's just really tragic. And um, there's this puppy mill rescue that I like to work with in Colorado, and my mom's a big advocate for them. I think it's called puppy, uh, Colorado Puppy Mill Rescue. Very cool. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of adopting dogs as well. My my dad just adopted a dog um, earlier this year, and she's just a, a beautiful black lab. She's only like she wasn't even barely a year old, and uh, I just absolutely love her to death. She's a great dog, and just when I go to the animal shelter, when we were going to the animal shelter to help him pick out a dog, there were just so many just wonderful animals there. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on that one in terms of uh, you know in terms of you know adopting dogs rather than uh, buying from stores, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of ignorant people out there um, that, don't, that don't know. So it's good to raise your voice and, and never be silent because we're the voice for the voiceless. And, you know, people can get aggravated and annoyed at what I have to say. But, um, you know, they'll learn eventually or they'll, you know, get over it because you don't know. And once you know, like... All right, nothing's, you know, nothing's going to happen or change unless someone says something, so... Exactly. Right, and Maya Angelou says... Or she said, um, you know, do the best you can until you know better. And then once you know better, do better. Like, you can't get mad at yourself or get mad at others, you know. But, you know, you can't, for doing something, you just got to, like, make the change and move forward from there and, and do your best to, to help spread the word. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to put some of the um, some of those nonprofits on our pages and try to blast it out there to everybody so they can get their info on this. Um, oh, good. Thank you. Very welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, something yeah, but, that a but, lot of people need to, to understand. Yeah. And we really do appreciate you, you know, sharing that information from us or with us and, you know, so we can get it out there as well. And we'll do our best to, uh, like I said, help support the cause, whether it be, you know, through the, uh, you know, helping the, you know, the animal shelters or, you know, through the, uh, the you know, the sea shepherds or even, you know, with your, with your projects like Bon Kazuna, where you're trying to, uh, you know, get funding for that so that the, the movie can get uh, filmed and made. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, help you put the word out there because we really enjoyed the time today. And it, it, this has been such a fun conversation and, uh, Courtney, I really want to say that we really do appreciate you taking the time with us today. It's 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 been awesome. Yeah, thank you. I know we had this plan like a while ago, and then just got crazy, and like I get all I get all messed up on stuff. I'm like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do stuff, right? What you, are, I know I have something, and this is the kid fun. Are you a busy person or something? Life, you got stuff going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I've got, you know, I've got. I'm supposed to be in Minnesota right now shooting a movie, but they pushed. But otherwise, you know, like I've got so much crap. <laughs> well, well hey, you, they're deep breath, wanna, deep breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in with the good air, out yeah, with I the just, bad. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Oh, you're fine. We're All interrupting right. you. No, no, it's okay. No, and like I said, though, um, like we really do appreciate the time. Glad we could catch you at a good time so we could finally talk to you. And, uh, you know, we, we'd love to do this again sometime. We'd love to have you on again, and, and we'd love to keep in touch with you. So uh, so we'll definitely be uh, watching. And uh, like I said, we're, we'll uh, we'll promote Bon Kazuna and make sure that we can do our part to help that get made. And, uh, you know, and good luck to you in the future and continued success. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like, if you guys want to, if you any listeners out there want to follow me on Instagram, I'm vegan underscore actress and Twitter, Courtney Palm 5. And I really appreciate the support and you guys listening and tuning in. And, I, you know, I can't wait for my, my future films to come out. I've got a lot coming out soon. And, you know, if you want to follow any celebrities that I am passionate about, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, um, Pamela Anderson, they're both really good in terms of, um, you know, animal rights movements, but also, you know, be just being ethical. And if you want to watch good documentaries, watch Earthlings in the Cove right now. I think those are the most prevalent films to, to watch. They're both on YouTube. We'll definitely and be watching, Courtney. We appreciate it. Well, and, and, and if I'm going to double-check my Twitter, and if I'm not following you, I'll make sure that I am. <laughs> awesome, likewise. And, um, yeah, check out... 
check out, I guess, Secret Zombie versus the Lunatic is fun as I've watched it three times for, already. <laughs> Not you guys, but watch it. <laughs> we'll watch three, it again. We'll watch Who it cares? again. It's his Why not? This, it was, a good, it it was a good movie. We'll watch it again. Who I cares? just have to hear the green urine, beaver, beaver urine. Yeah, green again. beaver urine. Yeah. All right. Watch <laughs> it. It's a great movie. It's called Green Beaver Urine. <laughs> green Beaver Urine. It's so funny. I was actually... I did... Um, like a little video on my Instagram, I deleted it, but I was talking about the cicadas in Kansas while I was shooting there. I was like, these fucking cicadas are so loud. And one of my fans was like, oh my God, you're not Southern. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I guess Sorry. not. No, did you see any of my other movies? I'm yeah. not Southern all the time. But it was funny. That's so funny. All right, well, okay, so key takeaway today, Courtney Palm is not Southern, all right? So... Yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind, folks. All right, right, Courtney. Well, thanks again. Like I said, continued continued success, and uh, and we'll we'll definitely be in touch with you. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks again. Take care of yourself. Yeah, thank you, guys. All thank right, you, bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. So that was a lot of fun. I was glad we were able to finally get her on the show. I know we had advertised her a while ago, and things came up, and you know she has uh, obviously she's a busy person. Uh, but yes, the, but definitely. Thanks again to uh, to Courtney for uh, hanging out with us a little bit over the phone today, telling us some uh, some cool stuff and what's going on with her. Uh, like we said, we will uh, definitely uh, get that Kickstarter uh, posted when she finally posts it and when they get it organized and together, and we'll try to see what we can do about helping her out getting that movie made. She's got a lot of good. Um good to her you know i mean she's just yeah. seems like a good person you know and one thing i took from it is it seems like i would almost want to do independent films yeah more than the big budget oh yeah it just seems like it's so much more fun and i i think that that's why more of those high budget actors are going back and doing independent films yeah because i think it's more yeah they get more of the creative freedom as well you know with characters and like she said she took over doing a little bit of directing for a part of it and she or she could give feedback to the director and not get a lot of pushback you know it just seems like it's it's open and you know all the you know everybody's welcome to give uh, criticism or anything like that or, or or bring ideas to the table and i think that's what makes the creative process so much better is that when you can have more than one voice and consider more than one opinion yeah so we're going to be posting some of our nonprofits on our sites and uh, twitter facebook all that fun stuff and you can watch Zombievers and sushi girl on netflix um if you have it if you don't have it get out of your cave yeah um or i'll give you my account number um so. <laughs> speaking of the cave um <laughs> the dead cave is now the bear cave actually not actually not bear like bear you know but it's more like bear as in there's nothing on the walls um halloween is in full stream it's full swing at the stroud asylum because all the halloween stuff has been moved from downstairs to upstairs so yeah this is it's there's just nothing here now. but furniture yeah it, it literally it's is weird. just furniture this looks like a spec home i have nothing to look at you don't except for the tv <laughs> that's it i'm gonna paint it though after you leave today i'll probably just paint you're gonna paint at, right after i leave yeah i thought you're gonna work out at the same time oh really yep it's okay. A new, it's a new thing. So, so, so when you do your brush stroke up, when you're doing the the uh, the twisting lunge, you're just going to go up the wall. Yes. <laughs> do squats <laughs> up and down. Squats up and down. All wax right. Wax on, wax off. Sounds good. Paint on, paint off. No, just just paint on. Do I have time to tell my story? Go ahead, tell it because this is really funny. All right, I got a story for everyone. Um, the other day, uh, my beautiful wife Tracy and I were uh, sitting on the couch, and it was getting late, and I didn't have to work the next day, but she did. Um, so. I was kind of awake. I don't know if it was margarita awake. I don't know if it was too much tea late at night. I don't mar- know. Mar- margarita awake? Like, that's a... Yeah, I have, I have levels of my awake, and it's based gotcha. on the beverages I have every night. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. So, I, I, I didn't want to go to sleep yet. So, what I was doing is, I, 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 she was getting tired, I can tell, because she says she wants to cuddle, but that just means, hey, I'm going to lay on you and fall asleep, typically. And so, then your arm falls asleep, and you're uncomfortable, and you're sweating. And, yeah. yeah, and drool all over yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. God, who needs that? But anyway, she goes upstairs and goes to bed. And uh, within minutes, you know, I'm watching TV and just kicking it, you know, hanging out and looking on my phone and just scrolling around some stuff and checking out social media and this, that, and the other. And next thing you know, I hear steps pounding from upstairs. She got up and she walked to the edge of the steps. And, and the the intensity of the footsteps you heard definitely let you know that there was a problem, right? Absolutely. They were very heavy steps. And she's a heavy stepper anyway. For a very <laughs> lightweight woman, 
Yeah. Very fit woman. She's very a beautifully she's very tiny. fit woman. She's very tiny. I'm trying to get points. Stop. I, I got you. An amazingly beautiful woman. Agreed. She fucking walks like an elephant. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. That's that's what she sounds like. Oh, okay. No, but she 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 pounds across the 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 upstairs and even more so of an elephant walk than she typically does. She goes to the top, and that's all I hear is, you left your Bluetooth speaker on like that. Now, hold on. Like if she's from was, Staten Island? Hold on. If there was nothing wrong, <laughs> if there was nothing wrong, she could have simply said, oh, oh, first off, she could have got up and walked, you know, five feet and just turned it off. Yeah. Turned it down. But A, she got up. B, mutual, uh, multiple elephant poundings mm-hmm. and it was just the way she said it it wasn't sweet it wasn't like can you turn whatever you have on down there it's just the speakers on you know i just want to get some sleep nothing like that it was you know you left your speaker on because why is she new york jesus yeah i don't i don't know because when you said it like that i, I instantly got like this funny like you know howard's mom from big bang theory Howard, you left your speaker on. <laughs> you know, like something that was like that. When she's pissed off at me, she turns into like the back room of Cake Boss. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, why, do you mean? Why? what is Fargant? <laughs> <laughs> but she goes to the top of the steps and, and she yells this. Now, I, I don't know what to make of it. Don't know what to make of it at all because like I didn't hear anything on my phone that mm-hmm. I was watching at the time yeah. because it was being streamed into the Bluetooth speaker upstairs. So I was just watching it. I wasn't. So what were you watching? Okay. Um, now, do you want me to play the, the yes. music that well, was being played from what I was watching because, first? Because this will be. This is what she heard immediately. This is what she heard. She did not see what he was watching. This when, is all that she heard. Okay. So you can make your own conclusions about that. When she laid down by herself and left me downstairs, this is what came out of the Bluetooth speaker <laughs> upstairs next to her. Sexy. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, I can, I can see maybe where she was going with this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She thought I was maybe watching some Bang Bang, maybe doing some research on the Nina Hartley or something. Oh, okay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, research on the Nina Hartley. Yeah. <laughs> after I Googled her. After, yes, after we Googled her, we did more research on her. So she's mad, thinking that I was watching porn. The, ba- the Bang Bang. The Bang Bang. The, the 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 dirty stuff. And if you're a guy listening to this, you know. And if you have a wife or girlfriend or anything, you know. Not you, Kyle, no. but you know <laughs> that I don't have these problems. I don't have to deal with this shit. If you have a moment where your wife thinks you're doing something wrong, and you know 150 percent that you're in the clear, you are the happiest, most egotistical bastard in the world at that point. Because you're like, yes, I'm right. I got it back on there, and it was on my Facebook. I was watching BuzzFeed Food, and it was a video of a bacon-wrapped grilled cheese sandwich. And I stuffed that thing right in her face and said, look, honey, it was food porn. And I was the happiest man for probably 48 hours. Until you went to bed. No, I went to bed sooner than that. But Uh, that was so funny, though. But you know what? Listening back on it, I could see. But she could have just asked. That's but true. I, I seriously had one of those moments, and it's rare. It's extremely rare to have a moment where you know. But it's you just know funny me. because Hold out on. of nowhere, you know me, and you know I'm never a hundred percent clear on no. hardly anything. No, you're not. But this one, I was so proud. It's like I presented my phone to her with this video running on this beautiful platter and said, "Darling, look, it was food." Not porn. And that was it. It was food porn. And that was it. And I, <laughs> I felt like the, the happiest man in the world at that point. That is too funny. So that's my story. That's I hilarious. But like I said, I don't, I don't have a girlfriend or a wife, so I don't deal with shit like this. I just You just watch porn without any I, repercussions? Uh, yeah. yeah, I can watch porn without consequences. Well, 
there you go. Good for you. <laughs> Very funny stuff. All right. I well, get some. Well, oh, oh. What? No? All right. So. All right. So if Bubba's done being a dick. Um, <laughs> Never. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. No pun intended. And uh, we we really do appreciate you guys listening today. Uh, thanks again to Courtney for coming on with us. Uh, it was a great interview, and uh, you know we really do hope to have her on again. Um, you know, kind of you know a little later on down the road as she uh, you know develops her career and you know maybe gets a little more famous. And she's uh, an amazing woman. Amazing. Yeah, she is. She is amazing. We we really do appreciate the time and uh, appreciate uh, Bubba showing or uh, sharing the. Uh, <laughs> The uh, funny comedic uh, events of his marriage. Hey, and real quick, um, you know what next week is? What's next week? Next Tuesday. What's next Tuesday? The day we record. The day we record. We have a guest here. It will be here? Yes. She, she will be here? Yes. Is it who I think it is? Are you thinking of who I'm thinking about? I don't know. Maybe. Are we both thinking of the same person or is it different people? All right, here's the deal, Lucille. We have, from <laughs> this season of Face Off, Meg Wilbur will be here in the... The plane it, cave. It'll be another, <laughs> it'll be some <laughs> kind of cave. She will be here um, discussing some face-off shit and stuff like some that. Some movie her, makeup she stuff. She would just come back from doing uh, Mask Fest, and we'll see how successful that was up in Indiana. Um, and also, we are going to have, from last season of Face Off, Kelly Harris calling in at the same time. So At the same time. We're just going to have a shindig here. yeah it's just gonna be kind of like a little party and it's gonna be sponsored by pizza pumpkin spice cupcakes and margaritas perfect because that's what was requested to be here okay that's gonna be in our green room i that guess that was that was her writer <laughs> yes that that was meg wilbur's writer pumpkin spice cupcakes margaritas and pizza she yeah that's it that's i like her already i like all her it all. takes i like her already pizza and tequila <laughs> that's hey. it Half the time, that is all Sounds it like takes. my college years. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So, yes, next week's show is going to be awesome. Meg Wilbur from the current season of Face Off. Uh, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have another awesome time for you next week. So we certainly do hope uh, you guys uh, stay tuned in. Uh, we got a lot more awesome stuff to come. So Meg Wilbur, next week, make sure you listen. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we always appreciate you guys listening to us. All right? So take care. We'll catch you next week. We'll Bye. see you.